Hitting deadlines, meeting client expectations, and adapting to change are all priorities for builders. But too often, accomplishing one comes at the expense of another. Better project timelines can prepare you to resolve that conflict before it arises. Welcome to The Better Way, a podcast by Builder Trend. I'm your co-host, Zafrotovich, and here you'll learn to simplify and organize the way you run your construction business and make meaningful changes to achieve your goals. There's a better way to plan your projects the Builder Trend way. This season, my co-host Brett Jones and I dive deep into strategies to start projects the right way. On today's episode, learn tactics to develop accurate timelines that execute your client's plans while remaining resilient to the unexpected. It's The Better Way, Episode 3, Building Accurate Project Timelines. Zach Potovich here with Brett Jones. Thanks for coming back, Brett. Zach, thanks for having me. Absolutely. As always, let's get into the meat of Builder Trend, which, of course, is our scheduling tool. We go back to our days as customer success managers, onboarding specialists. How many times did we talk about the schedule when for people first signed up? Oh, man. It's the backbone of Builder Trend. Best part. Yeah, it's something that we start everybody on for good reason. But it's funny because even in your consulting, usually we're working with customers who have been with us for a little while. They still have a lot to learn oh, yeah. from a scheduling standpoint. It's inevitable every single time. I feel like you can show people how to link predecessors from the Gantt chart view, and the visit right there is worthwhile alone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what I want to kind of frame this around today is the theme of what we've been talking about on this season, which is proactively planning and setting things up to be more successful from the operational side of getting things uh, more effectively accomplished by using the features of Builder Trend. So when we're talking about the scheduling, how do we use that uh, to, to be more effective Builder Trend users and, and really better businesses? What can we do with the schedule? Yeah, I think it's as simple as just being proactive and planning your schedule timelines for any particular project. I think it's not only important for an internal team perspective, right, but also your clients if you want to get them in the loop and make sure that they understand the timeline and the expectations with that, but also your subs and vendors if you want to associate them with schedule items. Make sure that they're at that particular spot at that particular point in time doing their particular work. Yeah, what when you are using the schedule with those collaborators, what, what happens when I adjust the schedule and I'm I do have my subs on board and I do have my clients kind of involved and my team is using the schedule. Yeah. Um, the best part with the schedule, um, as long as you're templating things from the get go and you establish consistent predecessors, if you move one schedule item that will then in turn move the other schedule item that is preceding that. Um, but it'll also send out notifications accordingly based on the subs and vendors that that might affect. So it can be self-managing in a way and eliminate a lot of additional clicks, save you a ton of time. Yeah. I'll never forget the look on this one project manager's face. They were a group based out of Florida that I went and visited. I was actually alone on this trip and I was showing them templating and scheduling and showing them how to like assign users on the template and having things kind of predetermined. So that's a good best practice. We can kind of go down where I was like, okay, so you always had the same framer. He's like, yeah. Like, okay. Do you ever have you know, the same electricians? He's like, yes. Same plumbers. Yes. I'm like, okay. Let's assign these people on the template. Right. And I showed him how to do that. We imported the schedule and the look on his face was like, <laughs> I had just slapped him. He, <laughs> he was just blown away. Isn't that crazy? He's like, you just turned my job into babysitting. Right. For sure. And what you're trying to do. Yeah. And, and that's not to be disparaging of what a project manager does. It's hard coordinating people and absolutely getting things 
kind of proactively planned and going in the right direction. This makes it so much easier though, because if you've got people doing the same tasks on every project, you can put these things into place ahead of time and save you a bunch of clicks. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's a ton of different, you know, moving parts within construction, but there really are a ton of repeatable processes and scheduling, scheduling along with templates um, is really one of those things, really easy thing to get immediate value out of. Yeah. And it's a pain point for a lot of companies about where is my schedule at? What's going on with the project? So you still have to update the schedule. You still have to run it. You still have to make sure it's reflective of what's actually happening, right? Software's not going to work unless you do. I always, sure. I always would say that to people. You know, if the software did your job for you, <laughs> you're replaceable. Totally. We don't want to take away people's jobs. We're job creators, not takers, right, yeah. Brett? So it's, it's about making the system that they're working within easier. And it's a tool. Absolutely. And so you're only as good, your tool's only as good as the people who are using it. The The best woodworker in the world, right, needs the right equipment in order to do what he does. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a Builder Trend user. They need, or I should say a project manager or anybody who's using Builder Trend, when they become a Builder Trend user, they should be more effective at what their job is for. Absolutely. And, and also make it reactive as well. I mean, that's the biggest thing is we're trying to make your job as reactive as possible. So, yeah. Definitely. But one thing I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper in, and this is a a coaching point that we've both had these conversations is, okay, how detailed on my schedule should I be in Builder Trend? Yeah. Is that a question to me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, every company is different and everybody's scope of work is different, but I think less is more in that sense. You know, you don't want to have a ton of granularity to where your project managers are constantly manipulating the schedule just because they're really into the nitty gritty. Make sure that it's macro enough, but also micro enough to where you get the reporting that you need out of it, but not making the project manager or superintendent's job manipulating that much harder. Yeah. So there's kind of a sweet spot I would always shoot for on a schedule, which is, 60 to 70 items on a, on a, like a new home is kind of the right spot. You still are able to get, get kind of an idea of where these, these construction projects are at, but we've both seen schedules three, four, 500 items. And you just can't help, but just ask like, what are you getting by putting that much detail on the schedule? Totally. I think that's a large part of my job is just asking why all the time. And when I see something that doesn't make sense from an industry standpoint, just because I've seen this uh, 130 times over, I ask a ton of questions as wh- why do you do that? And usually there isn't a reason why. So we change that and make it more efficient. And I think when we look at those granular schedules that have, and obviously the size of project makes a difference. So if, if we're working with like a commercial company, of course their projects are going to be a little longer, but like, standard remodel new home and people have every action that's happening every day on the schedule. And if this sounds like you, it's not meant to be a, a comment of, you know, you're doing things wrong. Don't be condescending. I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to be condescending. And, but what I'm saying is think about it from a, what are you actually getting by putting that level of detail? Really ask yourself and assess yeah. Would I have the same information if I was able to view this over a week period as if I was viewing it from a day by day period? Definitely. What's the end result? What's the data you're trying to extrapolate from it for sure? <laughs> and do people even like, if you put that much detail, are you actually tracking it? Definitely. If the answer is yes, then do it. Sure. But it just, for most people who are just trying to get a, a, a 
framework that they can work within, there's a level of content that is necessary to do your job. Absolutely. But we have other ways in Builder Trend that we can still track the the administrative tasks. I think when I look at those three, four hundred schedule items, I mean they're they're as simple as like schedule item to order material, to get the deliveries done, to make sure the guys are on site. And like those are tasks that you're doing within your job, but they're not really the schedule, right? Right. So how do we handle those tasks though? What do we do? Well, we use to-dos. Um, so simple. It's so simple, man. I mean, at the end of the day, the way that I look at kind of our schedule and to-dos, kind of the two differences between them is your schedule should be major milestones within construction, right? Permits, demolition, excavation, footers, foundation, right? Those are major milestones. But then the things that are supplementary to that are to-dos, things like ordering material, windows. You got to order eight to 12 weeks prior to actually installing them. That's a great to-do or an inspection reminder. Those kind of little miscellaneous admin work that you called them, um, perfect for to-dos. And it just mitigates a lot of clutter in your schedule and you can turn those on and off from your schedule as well. So you, you can co-manage them at the same time. Yeah. And we talked about in the selections episode, we spent a lot of time building selections templates. It's very similar. To-dos are templatable as well. And you're able to link your to-dos to the schedule. And is that what you typically recommend? Yeah, absolutely. If, as long as their process allows for it, I always give you know my clients an option, kind of a couple different ways that we could do things, but then they have to make the best decision. But that is definitely the most preferred because if that schedule item moves and that to-do is linked to that schedule item, it'll move in accordance with it. Yeah. And so when you go through the to-do process, it is a type of scheduling in a sense that they're the tasks that need to be completed in order for the schedule items to be condoned as finished done and like brett said you can juxtapose those tasks onto the schedule using filters and there's some advanced techniques worth exploring but essentially if you're using this the project timeline features correctly you're using them in harmony and using the schedule month view or the agenda view to then display other items that you can lay over your schedule. And if you're linking things together as you adjust your schedule, it will update those task dates as well. So it really gives you full control. You can't do that every time you start a new project without setting up a template For and sure. getting everything all laid in there. And that, like, I think of that, that guy I met in Florida, that was the light bulb moment for him was we had layered on all these things and finally I showed him like, here's why you're going to, you're going to import this template and set up the job. And he was just like, wow, that's, that's incredible. Aren't those light bulb moments the best? Yeah. You know, not to like toot my own horn. They're, it feels good. Well, you're not the most tenured on-site consultant. <laughs> oh, here we go. That's right. I'm not even anywhere close anymore. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. You just couldn't hang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm an old man. You shouldn't make fun of your elders on the podcast. <laughs> What are some other things that maybe people aren't doing on the schedule that can help be better planners and be more proactive and hitting their project timelines? Yeah, definitely. I mean, to-dos are fantastic, first and foremost. That's a, that's a given. Um, you can also do selection deadlines, um, proactive document uploading prior to the job start, right? Adding phases to your schedule, okay? So if you have, a say, 60, 70 schedule items, and that's more internal, you can make phases, which are typically more of a client-facing tool, more of a 10,000-foot view for the client. So instead of them seeing permits, demolition, excavation, footers, foundation, they might just see the phase that you associate with those schedule items as maybe just project rough-in or project start, right? So that way you give them enough to kind of follow along with the project, but not too much where they're co-managing with you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think phasing is one of those things that it takes a while for people to kind of see the benefit of it, but it can help ease that anxiety of turning on the schedule for your, your customers to view. And it lets you get into some cool high level administration. I think a lot of our owners of companies who kind of want to get a ballpark of like, you're looking at 20 houses in builder trend. There's a lot of detail in looking at the individual schedule items. Like we just kind of said ballpark a hundred schedule items would be kind of ideal. I know it's a little less, but let's say you've got 20 jobs with hundred schedule items. You're at 2000 schedule items and you're looking at it across all jobs. You can break that into phases and now your 20 projects are broken into, okay, I've got six homes in framing. I've got five homes in finishes. I've got two coming up on closing. Makes it a lot easier for you to be able to dive deeper if you need it from a from a management standpoint. Absolutely. So much autonomy with that. Builder Trend was really predicated off its project management tools. So chances are if it's very tedious and monotonous for you to manipulate your production pieces um, in any capacity, chances are you're doing it wrong. A couple other things that I think we've danced around assigning items. I mentioned with my, my template examples, really think about your own network of people that you use to build. If you do have three or four different companies that you frame with, that's okay. You can still um, choose like, what is the most frequent person that I frame with on this template? So you really want to audit your, your practices and try to get ahead of on the template, who are you most frequently using? And if, and if the answer is like, I use someone different every time, still worth having a schedule itself yeah. uh, to be able to lay those things out. It just means you're gonna have to do more, a little more work when you import those templates. Uh, but odds are, if you're using a different sub every time, you're probably doing a, a smaller volume of homes anyway. Right, and to kind of help supplement that point is if your framer is changing every single time, you can still use a placeholder within the program. Oh, we're getting into, I was kind of avoiding it, but. We don't need to get let's super do it. analytical, but I mean, yeah. The idea behind it is that if your framer changes every single time, use a placeholder framer. And what I mean by that is just build out in your subs and vendors, um, facet of builder trend, ZZ-Framer, ZZ-Plumber, ZZ-Electrician. And you can assign them in the schedule. And that way, when you actually get a bid back and you solidify who's going to actually be working on that job, you can mass reassign everything from ZZ-Framer to the actual framer that's going to be performing the work. And it'll not only assign it in the schedule, but also assign it in a to-do. Or um, if you're giving them access to certain documents, it'll do it all at once. That is a that's a 301 technique, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, be careful with that one. It, it's playing with fire. It it can it can change your life. I'm not exaggerating. That is if we could get every builder trend user to understand that placeholding trick, uh, there'd be even more houses being built on builder trend because it really can speed up the administration. Oh, but it's something that you'll want to really kind of wrap your head around. I'd recommend reaching out to our support department. And we can actually assist. We do this all the time with customers to help them use placeholders and templating to the highest degree that it can be used. And then there is a mass reassign button that facilitates that. But that's good to know for any use. Like what happens if my project manager changes in the middle of the project? Yeah, absolutely. There's a button in the job. Yep. Swap everything out, one click. Uh, it lives under the internal user tab or the subs tab. There's up at the top right, you'll see mass reassign. Uh, really, really cool piece um, to kind of be able to stay on top of when those things do ultimately occur. The other thing that I want to talk about from a proactive standpoint, even though it's meant to be a reporting piece, Brett, is the baseline. 
Oh man. So what is the, what is the baseline? The baseline's fantastic and it's probably very underutilized when it comes to the schedule function. So basically what the baseline is is ideally, hypothetically speaking, you come to the very beginning of your job. Let's just say that it's permits. Permits is going to start tomorrow. We're going to go pick them up. We're going to break ground the next day. You set that baseline before you even pick up those permits that way if anything throughout your schedule as it progresses changes whether you're ahead or you're you're behind, will automatically adjust that baseline. So at the end of that job, you can basically see how much time ahead or behind you are and anticipate better based on that deadline. So not only is it a great tool to track internally, but if you're having subs and vendors that are constantly um, giving you bad deadlines, saying, hey, it's going to take five days, it takes them 10 days, you can run a report for your baseline across all jobs for that particular vendor or sub and say, hey, you are constantly late on these jobs, right? It's not just so much, hey, I think you're a little late here and a little late there. It's more of a data-driven conversation at that point. You're going to lay it out for them. For sure. And that's where the proactive piece comes in. On your next project, you can make a business decision of, do I need to go find someone else that I can compare and see if they're more accurate with their timing and and doing the things that we need to do to get the projects done. Absolutely. And the best part about the baseline is all you have to do is turn the schedule online, set the baseline, and then manage your schedule just as any other way you would. And that baseline is automatically tracking in the background. Not only does it give you how much time ahead or behind it is, but it also gives you a reason as to why you're ahead or behind. Great point. I love the fact that you have the ability to record the reason. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can get into those really, really strong administration of making sure that your project is on time every time because you can kind of anticipate what potential issues might be coming up based on how the last project went. But it's predicated on you actually setting the baseline. So look for that feature when you're getting set up. Well, we're running up against the clock here on this episode. This is a really, really deep discussion on the schedule. Join us for our next episode where we kind of get into the planning of costs and materials. So we're taking it to that financial level, uh, but still an important piece of making sure your project is getting completed in the, in the way that you want and, and be the most effective builder that you possibly can. Brett, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for having me, Zach. Thanks for listening to The Better Way. If you're a builder trend customer, schedule a training to learn more. All listeners, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to The Better Way wherever you get your podcast. Also visit buildertrend.com slash podcast to sign up for the email notifications when the next season drops and explore our other podcasts, The Building Code. Don't miss our next episode where we'll examine effective costs and materials planning.